0: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure to click the subscribe button, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any particular questions you'd like us to ask a guest as a follow-up, um, or if you have a show suggestion, we'd love to be able to see your guys' feedback and then be able to incorporate it into future shows. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Derek Rose from DNR Customs. You're going to know him from winning UCC. He's got that blue single cab. Um, Five, nine common rail that he's been racing. And I wanted to chat with him about the truck. Um, he's just moved into a new shop, Ask him about business, um, and some other things that, that uh, he's been working on through his growth as a shop owner and also as a racer. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code for you. Just use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to be able to save some money on some really cool gear if you need something for like EDC or hunting, fishing, um, or even just something to throw in a toolbox or have in a drawer, um, they've got a ton of different choices regardless of what your budget is. It's a great way to save some money, and we appreciate them offering this discount code just for you guys. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Derek from DNR Customs, talking about his race truck business and his plans for 2023. How's it going, Derek? Welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. I've, I think I've told you before on the podcast, your truck's one of my favorite ones of like all time, and I remember we did. We did a uh, podcast way back in the day, I think, when you were just getting the truck painted and doing other things with it. So it's been really cool to follow you know, throughout the years. Always enjoy chatting with you.
1: Yeah, sweet. It's uh, we've done this probably I don't know, almost probably every year. I, I would say pretty consistently. We've had you know we've probably talked maybe skipped a year here or there, but yeah, it's uh, it's been good. I appreciate you having me on.
0: It's a uh, it's been a really interesting journey to follow from you know where that truck was to things you've done it. You know, like on the national level with competitions and around this time of year, I always like to ask you like, hey, what's you know, what's the plan for this year? What are you what are you going to be doing with the truck? So if you can walk, you know, walk me through you know, what you're looking at for racing um, events, maybe changes you made to the truck um, you know, maybe some new stuff people should look out for.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a quick recap for some of those that don't know, you know, us in the truck. We've pretty much had it out since 2014, I would say, is a, I think my debut year. Um, and you know, we're going on what, so year nine, you know, so it's pretty much been the same pretty blue truck, uh, since then, but it's changed, uh, it's changed a lot, yeah. you know, in nine years. Right. Um, I guess to, to start off, I mean, we've, we came out last year swinging hard, um, pretty much took a year and a half off, you know, just after COVID and all that stuff. And we came out swinging, took everything that we knew that worked. Good. Take everything. that didn't work. Threw it out, and um, we came out, set the four-wheel drive, you know, world on fire. Set, I think we ran we ran a 4:44 at 171, it was our best time, you know, and that was literally eight passes in on a year and a half off, no testing, which is we I think we beat the record by like a half a second that weekend. So it was good. And then um, didn't really went straight into UCC um last year and didn't really have we had our track stuff dialed but like overall setup wise like we just had a brand new motec system put in so we had some bugs we were still working through right like it wasn't perfect um and went into ucc drag race day and we uh um nitrous wasn't working we ended up doing like a we only had like a little bit we used like a half a pound of nitrous and we usually use like six so like and it still went 473 and and then uh got in the dyno it blew up like normal you know what I mean triple turbos we already had a hurt hole yada yada so it was good and then um parts had some issues getting parts last year so we didn't really do a whole lot and then I had the opportunity I bought a new building for my business so I literally took the rest of the year off like we just kind of you know I mean like business first play you know this without the business the racing doesn't exist right um so yeah, I did that, and then um, went into down to Florida last year uh, for the uh, Christmas tree race that Cletus McFarland puts on. So we did that real quick and um, had a good time. Went pretty much backed up our times from what we did. We were off by like a couple hundredths, and um, had a good time. Ended up breaking the breaking the front end steering rack kind of broke. Um, so that was kind of my choice to, uh, would you know coming into this year making some changes to the truck, where we. Um, put a nine inch front axle in front. So taking, I still had the American act, you know, the AM nine and a quarter that's been under that truck since the day we started racing. It took that out and been building a nine and a quarter the past couple months, just hard to get parts. Like that's, you know, like there's only a handful of guys that have that axle under their truck and every, in every one of them is kind of a different configuration. So, um, fellow racer, um, Austin, um, Austin kind of helped me source most of the parts and took care of, you know, cause he just did the exact same thing last winter and I'm not going to lie. I kind of pressed the easy button and let him get me a lot of the parts. Cause I just, the, the shop, I don't have time to chase the stuff every day, every day. So, um, and I'm about 90% done with it. I would say I'm, I'm just waiting on my, uh, my hub bearings to show up and I can pretty much finish the fabrication side of that. So that's probably the only change in new shocks. We're doing new shocks and tra- shock travel sensors um, for the year. That's about the only changes that we're making coming in off of what worked last year.
0: With the not, with the, the different front end, what's, was there a particular reason why you wanted to switch it? Was um, was anything going on with the old one? Maybe just too much power? Or, or what was the, the main reason for wanting to go to the new setup?
1: Um, I would say my main reason was the track width of the truck. So we're always a bit wide. So I could, when I built, mainly we did the front end back in 2017 in the wheels, like with factory knuckles, I could only, you can only suck the wheels in so tight before they hit the knuckles. So it still gives you like a two and a half inch on the outside of the fenders. So it's just really wide. So when I was finding the back end, you know, we're always trying to get, you know, the groove is tight on the track. So it's kind of wide when we go diesel racing. It just seems a bit wider because we're racing against other trucks that have similar track widths. But when we go to like a car event, the groove's a lot narrower. So when we're running on the outside of the groove, we're in the loose stuff. We're just right on the edge of traction. So, and that's what I struggled with down in Florida, that finding the track wasn't good and a real tight groove got in and we were pretty much like outside it, you know, and I, I fought traction. Um, safety is one of them. So trying to get the truck a bit narrower in the front, if we had to drive into the wall, um, getting it a little bit tighter. So that way, like we get more body and try to get some frame into it or something into it instead of the wheel, hitting the wall and, and rolling up. Um, and then wait, I would say, you know, cause it gets, it gets pretty expensive when you start counting pounds at where, where the truck's at. So, but we should lose, I don't know yet, but I'm guessing 150 to 200 pounds off the track, which was already pretty light. Um, yeah, that's about that,
0: yeah, well, it. Well, that seemed like some big some big benefits <laughs> to it. Yeah. You, before the podcast, we were chatting a little bit and you had mentioned some local things and in, in focusing on that a bit this year. And I wanted to ask you about that side of it and um, you know, why it's important and what it's going to allow you to do, not just as a racer, but then also... You know, as a, as a shop owner, as a business owner, to be able to reach these these guys that are either you know right around you in one of the surrounding towns, or maybe you know a neighboring state or something like that, where they could, uh, you know, you showcase what you can do. Take your truck in; they could take their truck in and uh, you know, be able to get some work done, or maybe they want to build a race truck.
1: Yeah, um, I would say like the focus. You know, up until like the past, I've kind of had it in my mind the past year or so, but it, we just always seem to find ourselves traveling to an event, you know, to where other diesels are, to go racing around the same group core of guys, you know. And honestly, it's a real small, it's a small, tight group. Like we're talking 150 to 300 guys at most, right? And it's the same pretty much core group. So, which is good. Like we help, you know, when we go to those events, it's obviously promoting our sponsors, promoting the people's products that we use you in the industry, like as a whole. But what I've really feel that I've lacked, you know, a lot of, we haven't really done much local stuff, events. You know, I used to go run around, go do a sled pull, take my shop truck to a sled pull, go here, go there. We used to host events. Uh, We had some dyno events early on for like three or four years running. So we just haven't done any of that. And I've been kind of getting some feedback from locally, like, man, we, you know, we want to see the truck. We want to see this. We want to see that, you know, you're never around. And I'm like, I know. So now, you know, present day diesel's 4.50 a gallon costs a lot to leave it costs a lot of money to leave the shop for a day so my main focus i would say is to hit you know we're going to try to hit most mostly odss events there's only five of them i think this year um and then try to find some no prep racing i would say just south the michigan border like there's quite a bit like at ohio indiana there's some pretty good local events and then we have you know michigan has a pretty banging drag scene like there's a lot of fast stuff that comes out of here So we have some, we have three good tracks. I would say within, you know, within the three hour radius from my shop, we have three really good tracks. So my plan is to just kind of like show up, here's the truck and, you know, maybe do a grudge. Um, we might not fit a class, but even if we go make a pass or two, like that thing is an attention, um, it's a detention getter. Right. So especially the speed it runs and it's pretty. So that's kind of my focus. You know, everyone's pulling the truck with the diesel. Um, And just kind of just try to really focus on advertising locally to just do a little bit more for our business, which in turn is going to do a bit more for, you know, all the guys that help us out on the track and, you know, people that we buy product from. And I just never really kind of missed the boat, which I don't want to veer off course, but I feel like the success we had in racing, I didn't really, we were just so busy. I didn't really like, didn't have my back end of the business set up right to like have our website to turn into that mail order company or you know a lot of the companies that were you know you know install shops like myself or repair shops you know they kind of branched off they all make products now and kind of missed the boat on that um you know kind of kicked myself a little bit there but so i just want to focus a little bit more on what we're really good at and that's i feel running a shop you know you know the performance side has went away we do a lot more repair a lot of transmissions things like that and just with good electrical diag. So just want to focus on, you know, what we're good at and let people know around, you know, that around us, you know, that we're here and and uh, make that happen.
0: I get a lot of questions for people who are either, well there's actually a bunch of them that, that uh, I've thought to ask you on this episode. Uh, but one of them I think would come from somebody who's just opened a shop. They're maybe leasing some space or, or bought it there, you know, maybe a year or two in and they think of, well, how can I get attention for, what I can do and a race truck's a great way to showcase that. And I wanted to ask you more about what you just said with the growth is, you know, you went out there with that podcast we did maybe five or six years ago from that to winning UCC to, I mean, I've seen videos of the tire when you were on the dyno, like all over Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. So you got that popularity, you got that, um, that recognition. But then also your core is the repair shop, the diag, the doing the things that, uh, um, you know, keep the lights on and you've been successful at to get a new building. What kind of advice would you give somebody that's in that point of, you know, kind of struggling, like, how do I get my name out there or my product or showcase my talents, but then also stay on top of the office, the mechanics, the the business itself? Loaded question. <laughs>
1: Uh man, I don't have like I don't have all the answers. Like I, I actually get some messages here and there from guys like, hey, you know, because they see us posting some, you know, new photos of our shop and like it's it's nice, right? I put all my eggs in one basket and you know, like here we got it. Like I got that big shop, we got that big overhead, we got that big nut that we gotta pay every month, right? We gotta like we have to do so much work just to pay bills and it's tough. And I don't know if building a race truck is the answer. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, although it did well for me, um, we, you know, we spent a ton of money, but, you know, we also, we built a lot of relationships with a lot of really good people in the industry. And with those people, I tell you, you know, we learned a lot, like we broke a lot of stuff, you know, and the reason why some of the tuning and some of the products and some of the stuff is where it is today is because of me and a lot of other guys just doing things wrong, breaking stuff, like, doing it the wrong way to you know to figure out the right way but as like a shop owner a new guy getting in and i don't know it's 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 tough like i it's a lot of it's a lot of hours right it's a lot of dedication it's a lot of you know like you ain't going home you know you're working late like i literally just had to like lock my door and close the damn you know, the, the lights off because like I want to do this and it's it's only 5 30 here and people are like what time are you gonna be there? Because they know I'm always here, right? They want to pick the truck up late and I'm like today's I'm cutting it off, you know, but um just you know, you gotta like God damn, I don't know. Yeah, stay stay hungry and um I would say focus on local stuff because it's it's so hard to get like to, to become a national like to have national attention. You know what I mean? Like if a local guy starting out like i think i missed the boat i wish i would have spent a little bit more time locally instead of trying to chase that stuff you know going traveling all over the country like i feel like i feel like i would maybe be doing a little bit better if i would have done more stuff locally like what my plan is moving forward um or have you know you set up that infrastructure to be able to you know i look at like firepunk like i look up to those guys they're my buddies and levon's got it going on you know he started he started out super small and they got 20 plus employees you know but he has such a wide you know they do a ton of shipping you know what i mean like i would say our truck shop is right on par with their theirs we might even do more than them as far as truck shop goes but they you know they kill it on you know they ship everything you know they're they are national brand or we're not i never really set that up which i'm okay with it now you know i I like to you know keep things in house keep kind of control of what's leaving and coming in and out of the shop and keep a really good, you know, quality control. I would say that's where we're probably one of the best things. If I could give some advice to somebody is QC, spend the time. Like when that truck leaves your shop, make sure damn well, you guys did everything you could to, um, test drive it, have somebody else look at it. Like usually like if I got a tech that works on something, usually two guys will look at it before it leaves. I know that sounds retarded, but it, it it makes all the difference because if somebody drives whether it's 15 minutes from me to you or or you know i got guys five hours away bringing them from the up we test drive them a lot we make sure they're good we let them know their issues like and we've really struggled on how do you bill for that right how do you bill for all that yeah extra time you know that you're spending on the truck but i tell you what i think that you know knock on wood has probably been the best thing that that you know that i'm really proud about is we really try our damn if somebody calls me and something happens just down the road well damn if we you know we try not to Well, we drive your truck 45 minutes you know what i mean where a lot of places they'll they'll do a repair and see you later you know what i mean like we try to let guys know like hey six months down the road like you're gonna need this you know what i mean and but I'm, i never really go to the no pun intended intended but we have the bell tires around here like i never do the bell tire approach like trying to sell people stuff they don't need it's i'm I'm not that guy i'm not that shop and i think that's that's gone a long way too with the success that we've had do
0: you think that somebody when they're in that position should decide do i want to be national like you gave the example of Firepunk, where i do think of them as national with their transmissions and things like that um, or think hey i want to be really strong in this city or this county or this region that i'm in because while there's some overlap they're also very different as well with you think of customer support or, you know, I'm sure with UCC and things that you've done and things that you've won, you probably have people from all over the country or all over North America call you up and say, Hey, I want this truck. And it's, you know, are you set up for that? Is that something that you want to do? So I think deciding what kind of attention or what kind of customers, potential customers you want to call would probably be really helpful for somebody to think about in that, in those early stages. Yeah. With um the building you mentioned, I wanted to ask you, how scary was that making that jump and and jumping into it? What was that like? Um, honestly, like,
1: you know, like just a quick story, like my, I kind of quit looking because when you look for something or you're trying to do something, a lot of times it just won't happen. And then if you just kind of let things roll out and, you know, I'm a big, everything happens for a reason. It just kind of falls into place. Um, I was going to build, uh, you know, a, million-dollar facility right down the road from my shop. I bought property, everything, and I just seen the way things were going. I sold the property, put the money in the bank, and I just told myself, when it happens, maybe I'll find a nice place that I can, you know, step into and, you know, be half the money and just – I got put in a bunch of, you know, work. And this place just fell in my lap. My um, my trans guy got detoured on his way to work, Um, had to go – you know, it's kind of out in the country, our new shop, but literally he's like, hey, man, this building looks – I don't know, they just put a for sale sign up. Call. No BS, man. I called Friday afternoon and it just got listed. It's been like somebody was trying to lease it out prior to and um I the realtors like, yeah, I'm like, "Hey, I want to come look at it." You know, what I mean, it's priced good. It seems like it's priced cheap, like, you know, it's 20,000 square foot building on 6 acres like sure, I'll come, you know, like and um yeah, like looked at it on a, me and my dad went to lunch on a, or went to breakfast and uh, we were coming out here to look at it anyway. Realtor calls me, hey, I can meet you there in a half hour. You want to, I'm like, well, I was already on my way there anyway, to go look at the place, you know, <laughs> do a walk around and he's like, perfect. So he got us in, uh, me and my dad looked at it for probably about three hours. Like we were all over this thing and I'm just like, like, I can't find nothing wrong. You know, because we were—I come from a construction background. Like I did, I did concrete for thirteen years. So like, I have a pretty good understanding of you know like just foundations and things like that. And um, and so does he. He's been doing his whole life. And like man, the block's in perfect shape. Like you know, concrete's got some cracks and whatever. But like foundation-wise, like I can't find nothing wrong. Other than somebody let this place go and like it's like a, a damn jungle around it. Like I'm telling you, it was bad. So anyway. I put an offer in on Monday, like I was ready to roll. And, um, uh, we went back and forth a little bit litigated and, um, and, uh, he accepted on a Thursday. So like, that's how fast it happened. And I literally, I, um, I gave him a pretty healthy downstroke. I'm like, I'm buying this place, whether the bank lets me or I have to beg, borrow and steal. Like I'm, I just had it. And then from that point on, dude, I went deer in the headlights. <laughs> I went all in. Um, and I just, I made it happen. Like we, I got the keys July 4th weekend. Um, my wife made me go on vacation. Uh, we actually went to Tony Burkhart's place and we camped out up there for the weekend on the water. And I got the keys in this place. Right. And I'm like, God damn it. I could be doing some work, you know? So she's like, Nope, you're taking two days off. I'm like, all right, it's fine. So we did that. And so I got the keys, but I didn't own it yet. So I gave him a huge downstroke. I'm like, I'm buying it. Like I don't care what the bank says. Cause it's going to take us, you know, it takes two months to close a deal right, for a commercial real estate. So I just told the owner and the guy like, I don't know, he must've really liked me. I said, I'm buying it, but it's going to take some time. Can I start doing some stuff outside? I want to clean it up. So literally I just brought my, brought my skid steer here, brush hog. And I just started making this place like look nice, you know, all the way around the owner comes to me a week later, week and a half, like the second weekend I was here. Cause he, He's some Richie from California, like super nice guy. He's like, he comes, you know, walking up to me, and I'm like, oh shit, you know what I mean? He goes, wow, I I just can't believe this place. I should, I should raise the price, you know what I mean? This at the other, no, no, you already signed the deal. So, um, anyway, like he just, he, I just, I went full bore. Like I went to my shop every morning where the guys were, got them going, and uh, we. I would come here at like about two o'clock every day and work till dark. And I just, I went all in and it took me from pretty much July 4th weekend. We moved in in October, third week of October and um, spent all, every dime I had, half, I'm going to put half (laughs) to get in here. And uh, I'm still, I'm still a little, you know. I'm so, like, I'm sore, but I just, I don't know. Like, I got a vision and I think it's, you know, I'm hoping it's all going to work out, but I, I laid it all on the line. So I'm here.
0: <laughs> What's it been like with the, with the crew that you have and going from where you were to where you're at and, you know, is it, are things more productive now? You got more space, more equipment, things you can get in there to, to really, you know, crank it up.
1: Yeah. We, I mean, we always had, so I had two buildings for the, a lot of, maybe a lot of people don't know. I had two shops for the last two years prior to here. I had um, Dylan, who does a lot of our fabrication and stuff. And then I my trans guy in another building. And then I had my core or truck shop in another building. So we did that bouncing back and forth. And I thought it would be all right, but I hated it. Because I was at one shop in the morning and the other one. And it just it was a cluster. But I mean, it worked. But I would say, um, you know, so we ha- we didn't have to buy a ton of equipment. But it's just so nice having it under one roof now. Yeah. And everyone's, everyone's here. I would say morale is pretty good overall like the guys are everyone's kind of jiving good and um this place is it's big and it's clean like it's i mean it's older but like i bought one of those little floor scrubber things drive-on deals like you get a home depot and um oh we just love it like i got my my motto is we got a dustless facility like i try to like because it's just cleaner out i don't know like it's just cleaner out here so like we're able to like you know we run that thing around usually a couple times a week and it's just nice so like you know everyone's not on top of each other you went from a 5,000 square foot building only 4,000 truck shop to working out of 15,000 right now so like we got a lot of room and um you know went from getting four trucks in the shop tight to I don't know, man. We can fill like 15 or 20 in here. Like we get it, we're all over the place. <laughs> so it works out good. Morale's good. I've had the same core guys for a long time. Um, and you know, I would say overall, I brought in a um a body of mine's helping me do um like business coaching. So I brought in a guy to help me study the back end of the business, process with the guys, um, just a lot more business stuff because like a lot of going back to maybe your previous thing, a lot of us diesel guys start a business. We're not business people. We're not, we're, we like working on trucks and, you know, fixing things, getting our hands dirty. I'm a rat. I'd rather be out in the shop. I'd rather be welding. I'd rather be doing anything other than sitting in this office. But unfortunately you get to the point, I'm the best person I feel in the office to be able to like handle tech calls I'm really good at selling jobs, being familiar, talking to the customers. Like, I'm really good at it. I'm also really good at the shop, too. So it's tough, but I'm not what you're not. What I'm not good at is, you know, money, business things, like balancing stuff. So, like, I got a guy that's helping me out. And I tell you what, and he's I kind of put him in charge. Like, he's kind of it was like my best friend. So, like, I put him in charge of like, I and mean, now, like, my guys really like it. I feel like, you know, like, I'm like dude, this guy's in charge. You guys listen to him. I'm just I'm kind of doing what he says too. And I think we've only had it in play for the past three months. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's making a huge difference. Like our numbers are looking better. We got goals now, just all this different shit that I would never look at before. We're looking at, and now it's it's really
0: sweet. I've heard that from a lot of different guys, like um, Dynamite Diesel. Um, Randy Reyes mentioned it. I did a podcast with him as is- during that growth, being able to kind of step back from managing everything and having people in place to be able to handle different departments or filter things. So you could focus on the bigger either goals or topics or changes or things that you really want to focus on and, you know, how important that is. Um, You know, I was thinking, I I got a question from a listener recently and I thought, you know, Derek would be a great guy to ask is somebody in the Midwest. I'm not sure exactly where they're at, but they were looking at a higher mileage six, seven uh, Cummins to, uh, to pick up and, you know, kind of depending on the region of the country, there's some different things that people face with, you know, the salt on the road and rust and things like that. But when somebody either brings a truck to you, say it's got 150, 200, you know, 250,000 miles on a six, seven Cummins. What are some things that you guys look for that you would advise somebody, Hey, check these things out or be prepared to invest some money in these maintenance items or in these upgrades that you're going to need for reliability. Like what goes wrong with them? once I get 10 years and 200,000 miles on them?
1: Another loaded question. (laughs) Man, I see them all like, just depends on the year. Cause like, you know, we start talking six, seven Cummins, like, you know, we're getting 2018s in here. They got 150,000 on them, right? So like, but you then sometimes you'll get a clean 08 in here. That's got 150 K on it. So like, I don't know for us as a shop, I've always, I've always tried to steer customers away from the real early uh, 07 and a half to nines. Because in my eyes, you're not really gaining anything other than like a sweet 06 or 0759. Like same interior, same front end, same everything other than 6, 7, and a 68. Um, so, and then I really like the 10 to 12s. I know a lot of, some other guys might disagree with me. They, you know, all the ECDMs are bad or you can't tune them, blah, blah, blah. I like them. It gives you the fourth gen, you know, gives you that newer interior, different body style, um, pretty much same front end other than they went to like, you know, uh, the 1550 style U joints, you know, in the front axles, which are a little bit better, but still the same crappy front end from 2003. So you don't really start getting anything sweet to like 2014, but then you get into all these other lists of, well, now I got this, you know, more modern fancy truck. that has got all these other modules on it, all this BS stuff to go wrong. So like like we're fighting one right now. It's got a parktronics issue and the damn shifter thing isn't communicate with this other module and it's just a pain in the ass. So like, I would say overall, like the early 07s, we see a ton of head gaskets. The 07 to 09s, they're head gasket eaters. I don't know if they forgot to tighten the damn cylinder heads, you know, down at the factory that year, but they, and, you know, the 10 to 12 is a little bit better Four, 13, 14 plus stuff. We are we see probably a you know uh 60% less head gasket issue with the newer ones than the earlier years. Um I thank uh Chrysler every day for putting three forty-two gear trucks, you know, three forty-two gears in their six in the, you know, all the twenty five hundred, thirty five hundreds with sixty-eights, cause they are dropping like flies. Like that's probably it's probably 35% of my business is doing 68s. So there's that to consider. Um, there's just not one issue. Like, you know, the newer trucks way better front end. They're almost as good as a Ford like drivetrain, not as good. I'd say Ford's got, you know, the best drivetrain front ends. You don't really have to touch them, put some hub bearings, Dodges, you know, they definitely upgraded the steering. Um, you know, there really isn't just one issue, uh, you know, the newer trucks have better, better front ends, the older ones, crappy front end you can replace them but you're gonna to need to do ball joints every hundred thousand miles you know what I'm saying
0: the uh are the emission systems more reliable on the newer ones and if so what year range would you say that they are versus like the horror stories we've heard about the 07 and a half to 09s and all the issues 19 face like
1: I don't want to jump the gun but the, like the 19 and up stuff it's really good like we're we're not like you're not too bad that 13 to 18 window <sighs> You know you're chasing you're chasing sensors and unfortunately you know for what a lot of us have done in the past not so much now is you make you know you made it fall off because you're just chasing you're chasing you know chasing stuff and then you end up being the dealer they get pissed off at you but you can't really do that anymore so um the the emissions are definitely better on the 13 and 18 stuff you know the death and stuff but it just they still seem like sensor nightmares versus you know versus the new ones they're also not you know not as um you know the new ones are better because they're newer right you know so yeah. we're not seeing all those failures and we haven't had to do a ton of diag on the 19 and up stuff yet so i'm sure it's coming you know like we've gotten really good with that but you know the 10 to 12s and those 07 8 like there's no def they just plug up there's really no fixing there's no fixing that issue other than you know um, what guys would do in the past what we've all done in the past and um, a lot of them are done. So, you know, thank God I don't have to, you know, we can, now we can just fix the truck. Right. So a lot of the stuff that comes in here, I would say, you know, unfortunately it's probably 80%. Like we rarely get a bone stocker in anymore. You know, these are, we're talking brand new customers, never, never seen them before. And I don't, know, they got it, you know, it's just been done. So luckily we don't have to deal with that stuff too much. You know on the older ones anymore because it's you know
0: not there what's a uh let's say for somebody with a newer one where they don't want to run into those issues what's a you know like what's a good maintenance schedule or a way to drive the truck or just to be able to you know prevent that kind of clog dpf issue and then you got to source a new dpf from you know the dealership or something like that <laughs> yeah, just
1: don't... Just driving them, you know, putting actual miles on them, you know, not extended, you know, like, you know, not extended idle intervals. Like, you can't just let the thing sit there and, you know, or, you know, if your wife's just, you know, taking it uptown to get groceries, you know, a couple times a week, like, they like to be driven. They like heat running through the system. They like a trailer behind them. They, you know, you have you have to drive them. You can't sit there and, you know, I got a lot of guys in here that are. Know, construction guys or managers or what have you, and you know, they're sitting in their truck all day, you know, writing, doing laptop stuff, and they just leave the darn things idle all day. Like, we'll get we'll check some of the idle hours on some of the like six, seven Fords that come in here, you know, we're like, this guy's got, you know what I mean? Like, holy cow! But it's yeah, just driving them, you know, we would, I would say, like, the best trucks that we get in here are my hotshot guys, hotshot guys that are driving these things, you know, they got a half a million miles on them. And, but I tell you what, those things, like they're in good shape. The emission systems work good because they're getting used. They're not getting, you know what I mean? Like they don't have excess of accumulation. They just, you know, they're driven every day and they don't shut them off. And that's kind of, that's kind of the ones that we see a lot less issues with.
0: You mentioned on the transmission side, which I know is, it's a huge part of any six, seven Cummins conversation, you know, that pops up, what kind of solutions do you recommend for people with I wouldn't say like the street or the racing side of it, but the guys who are towing every day, they might have a tune on it. Um, you know, some upgrades here and there, maybe high four, low five hundred horsepower range. What kind of built transmission option or setup do those guys need?
1: So we you know, typically, you know, there's a lot to be had with the stock converter. The stock converter is really inefficient. It creates a lot of heat. Like, you don't, it's It just, there's really not a lot there. Like, it works okay until you, when I feel you start putting a load behind it, and then you just don't, like, you're just like, come on, come on, come on, you know? So, like, a really good torque converter goes a long way, a little bit lower stall. Some of the lot better fluid coupling is going to move your trailer from stoplight to stoplight faster in an unlocked state. Like, that goes a long way, but, like, with a 68, it's a snowball effect soon as you want to upgrade your torque converter something a little bit more aggressive you know like it's going to lock up a little bit better it's going to couple fluid better well then you have this input shaft that likes to say you know you if the converter catches just right and then you know then it destroys the pump so that's why like you know when customers are shopping for 68s like there's really no like cheap one because like i want to sell my customer you know, a good transmission that he's going to be happy with. So I got to put a good torque converter in it, right? Well, a good torque converter requires a good billet input shaft. Well, then we have the problem with the stock flex plates, you know, like everyone knows those are an issue on a Cummins. And we get so many guys in here that like their flex plates balloon out, you know, it takes out the back cover, you know, where they were at another shop, they put a good converter in it didn't do the flex plate converter, you know, or flex plate balloons out or cracks and breaks. So like, it's just, it's a snowball effect of like, listen, this, I know it costs $8,500 or $9,000 installed, but you know, I can get you 6,000 or 65, but you're going to miss out like on all this other good stuff. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's the good key to a 68 is just having like, you know, you just do good parts and then you either have, if the truck has, if it's tuned or whatever, have the proper calibration or at least have, a good module on there that is getting you know the correct line pressure and you know keep the thing out of overdrive because there a lot of them are 342 gear trucks so like and they lug if they have a, a crappy shift strategy the trucks really like the lug a lot so like it's low throttle input high torque and you have lower line pressure you know at that you know that low rpm low boost if you know depending on how your line pressure is ramped and well then it fries overdrives you know because they're lugging so bad so um there's just there's a lot that goes into those things
0: (laughs) has has re-gearing them started to become something that's more popular people ask you for like getting away from the 342s going to something a little bit more aggressive to not just tow, but also the daily driving part of it and the acceleration part
1: yeah like well you know 410s are really popular but you almost need you got to have pretty much a true 35 inch tire or larger To have a 410 feel good in a 68 truck, in my opinion, as far as going down the road and not like, you know, being too loud or droning, like having the RPM range just right. So, like, I don't know, like the 342s aren't too bad if you have like proper calibration, if you're able to adjust shift points, things like that. Um, It's just hard. It's a hard nut for a customer to swallow if they're going to pay 8500 for a trans and then another 3,000 bucks for gearing, like, it's just, it's a lot, you know? So it's, it's tough. I mean, some shops, they won't even do a trans unless they re-gear. Um, I haven't gotten there yet, but you know, like I said, cause it's, it's tough. I mean, it's just a lot of money. We're talking, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of money. So like, you just have to, you know, I try to talk to every customer, explain them the, the different scenarios, what I would suggest, and then kind of let them, you know, like, I would say it's, we're probably in that 30% range where a guy's like, I want to gear it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I mean, I've even done quite a few, just 373s. I know it sounds dumb, but going from a 342 to a 373 even makes quite a bit of a difference. If we're just talking, you know, stock 32 and a half inch tires, like even 373s makes a big difference. Like we just did, we did a 19 and these are pretty much stock trucks. We did a 19 last week put our uh, 68 in at stage three uh 410 gears and then i did 18 same week 342s and damn did that 410 truck just drive so much better you know <laughs> what i mean but he had a little bit smaller tires it was a dually like he was borderline you know what i mean because like once he got up to like 75 78 it was hovering in that like 2000 you know rpm range and i don't know I like, i think the sweet spot is like 1850 if you can get them hammering there on the highway like it's just below like some some harmonics that you get from the road and the engine noise and all that stuff i don't know that's just kind of where i like to where i like to see them you know
0: yeah it's one of those hard things where you think about the money involved in a transmission and then gearing and you think you know if i walked into a shop and like okay it's going to be 11 to 12 grand for this And then you think, okay, now what if I was doing compound turbos and a dual CP3 setup and all these other cool things I can look at? Okay, 11 to 12, all right, I can kind of see, you know, it's more exciting to do it. Um, You know, it's it's something you can, you know, chat about with your friends. But once you get into the, you know, the transmission, the gearing, it's tough. But it's also so crucial because you feel it no matter what you're doing. You're doing two miles Mm -hmm. an hour, 75. And then I'm sure as you know, like those flex plate issues, you do this nice transmission stock flex plate stock flex plate brakes not going anywhere you got a tow bill you got to pull the whole thing out mm-hmm. you got to redo it it's just more and more money mm-hmm. but i think that's some really good information for people who looking out there on the used market and are you know interested in a six seven some things that you see at the shop level and and uh some tips that they can uh, they can go on if, you know, if they do pick up one of these trucks and need to do something but uh yeah man it was great to catch up with you chat with you it's been really cool to see you throughout the years not just you but also your company so- and, uh, the growth and everything that you're doing, you know, in racing. And, uh, like I said that, that blue truck's one of my favorite ones that we've ever chatted about yeah. on the podcast. One, you know, one I've ever seen. I'm, so
1: I don't know, like it's, I got a long way to go because like, I still remember sitting, you know, at, uh, TS watching, um, you know, uh, Seth's old truck, you know, the second gen, um, the shy truck, like that's what got me into it. I was like, man, one day I want to be like, I could be as fast as that thing, you know. So like that truck I feel like isn't is like the iconic truck that maybe got a lot of people going. Um, I don't know. I think I'm just trying to have like the end of the day, like I don't know if it'll ever be, but I'm hoping that like a blue truck, you know, like I don't plan on it going anywhere. I'm hopefully knock on wood. Hopefully we don't, you know, don't ever have an accident with it where it, you know, gets destroyed or anything. But like I'm hoping it, you know, it becomes like the second generation I you know like an iconic truck that you know started here and ended up here and you know I think we're we got really good plans of burying that four-wheel drive record even deeper this year and I think I think we're going to do some things you know this year that you know now maybe people might think they're possible probably didn't think a year ago before we come out like I think you know we got some stiff goals like I think we got a 30 in it pretty easily Um, you know 20s maybe i don't know i just i don't know how hard like you know i've been talking to chase the guys at freedom they're like i think you can do 20s i'm like bro i want to go racing all year (laughs) like you know we're talking it's you know we're leaning 3,000 horse out of this damn thing to go you know and that is that's true track you know track horsepower calculator all that good stuff like we're making steam um and i don't like yeah i want to prove but i really don't know if i have anything to prove other than like i just want to go race like yeah. we're at the point now i just want to make the truck better like i want to make it 60 foot better i want to make it 330 better like i don't want to be the dumb diesel guy anymore that let's just add more power Let's add more power like i want to i want to become a rate like i've always been a racer but i want to become like a better racer you know what i mean i want to learn the track better i want to you know learn how track temp <clears throat> excuse me affects affects how affects my truck. You know, I don't care about the guy next to me, but like, I just want to, I just want to be a better racer and try to get better that way instead of because we're making plenty of power and we're holding it together. We just, you know, we just got to work on our, work on our short game and which then we'll, we'll go fast.
0: I think that's the really, the really important part. Like you mentioned, Cess truck. And the, f- the only reason I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you is because I saw that truck run 15 years ago. I mm-hmm. saw it stage. I didn't care about diesel trucks. I wasn't interested in them at all till I saw it stage at Vandermeer. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this thing? Like it was an experience yeah. that interested me enough to decide to you know, make this a career, did the same thing for you. And I think with people, you know seeing yourself and lots of other racers out there, that can change the direction of somebody's life, what they want to do with it, um, what mm-hmm. they want to invest their time in. So um, it's always why I love chatting with, you know, you guys out there that are doing these things because you could, you don't know who's in the stands. You don't know who's going to see it. You you know, be do, you've, never,
1: you've never lived till you're sitting there. Like, I remember at Indy, this was probably 14 or 15. It was just when I was starting to, like, starting to like, man, I'm going fast. You know what I mean? But I wasn't going fast, right? Like, I, i it was racing against Seth and I, and I got him and I'm like, oh yeah, I pulled, I got him and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. That son of a bitch just, right past me you know that's when we start running quarter and i'm like damn it you know what i mean i almost had of you know like uh like the fast and the furious i almost got you you know like it was i tell you what that was that truck for me like you know just really did it like man i just i want to go fast one day and tell you what it's been a lot of it's been a lot of work and it's been a lot of fun and a lot of heartache but like it's cool like to to see where we're at and you know, we got a lot of people that look up to us, which is really cool. And we got a lot of good people behind us that's, you know, been behind me for a lot of years. So, like, I think I, don't, I just feel really good about moving forward now. All this, sh- all this stuff that, like, we learned that we, like, you know, got to touch on what we all the stuff we messed up and what we know now, like, wow, like, I want to go back out and do Street Outlaws again, like, go back out to Wyoming. Like, I want to, like, that's the stuff that I really want to go do, because now I feel like we might have chance you know what i mean like so that's 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 i got some pretty good goals i think we're gonna i think we're gonna have a good year
0: awesome man well i appreciate you chatting with me today derek and keep me updated on the truck and other cool things you guys are working on and i'll definitely be be uh you know watching to see uh some of these races and and these things that you're doing.
1: Sweet. Well, I thank you for having
0: me, Pat. Don't forget diesel vans. Make sure and head on over to kershaw.kausa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. They've got a ton of knives, ton of cool gear there. We appreciate them offering this discount code just for you guys. So it's a great way to save some money, get some cool gear, regardless of what your budget is. They've got something to be able to meet your goals. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23diesel, John, Joe, J. Cole, Um, We appreciate all of our Patreon supporters, all of you on our Discord, YouTube, podcast apps, um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You guys keep us going with your questions, your comments, letting us know what you want to hear and who you want to hear from. And we'd love to be able to deliver that to you. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.